Hi, I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And we're your hosts of Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. We explore and process our experiences with sex, dating, survival, self-worth, and everything in between. We also invite guests to talk about their own experiences, too. Some recent ones include Michelle Zahner of Japanese Breakfast, Ki Kwan... Bowen Yang, and the list goes on and on. Feeling Asian has had a pretty exciting year so far after being named a top podcast of 2021 by CNN and being featured on Apple and Spotify's homepages. We hope the podcast is creating a compassionate space for Asians, Asian Americans, and Asians in America to be themselves without feeling as if their time is a fleeting moment. Tune into Feeling Asian every Wednesday for new episodes. up y'all i'm amanda seals and listen i get it we're in some serious times so i think some of y'all forgot i'm a comic she had them jokes i mean you forgot i had a whole hbo comedy special you forgot i showed love to how black women give compliments okay polka dots and from shade to how white women move in corporate america stop cc'ing all these unnecessary people on these goddamn emails i get it we've been pooped up for a long time that's why the Amanda Seals Black Outside Again Comedy Tour is coming to a city near you. Go to amandaseals.com today and get your tickets so we can laugh and learn our way through this madness together. How black am I gonna have to get? Big news, everybody. The meth head is coming to Mormon country. I didn't know it was allowed. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to show you Salt Lake. Yes, I was just like, oh, I'm never allowed to do that club. <laughs> You're allowed. You're allowed there. They want you there. They're excited. She so Jess is gonna come to Salt Lake, um, and we are going to be performing together at the Downtown Salt Lake Wise Guys Comedy Club on Thursday, July twelfth. You can get tickets right now at wiseguyscomedy.com. And then that's the first stop of our little July tour. Mm-hmm. After that, we're doing a bunch of towns in Washington. Hokium. Hokium. Have we come up with a... It's Hokium. Hokium. Hokium for a dream on July 13th. (laughs) Yakima, Washington, July 14th. Uh, Tacoma, Washington on July 17th. Chehalis, Washington, July 18th. And then Boise, Idaho, July 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Be there or... Be somewhere else. Sure, free Mormon in the meth head is great, but have you tried just giving us money? (laughs) (gasps) I haven't yet. Tell me more. Go to patreon.com, Mormon in the meth head, and for $5, you can get bonus episodes. You can see videos of me just laughing for (gasps) no reason. You can hear a podcast with our kids on it, (gasps) and you'll hear interviews that we do with other people who also have podcasts. (laughs) Wow, this sounds great. I'm going to check that out. What was that address again? Patreon.com backslash forward slash one of the slashes Mormon in the meth head. He was a Mormon. She was a meth head. (laughs) You're listening to Mormon and the meth head. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all and just read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and the meth head. Mormon and the meth head. Mormon and the meth head.
was a member of a cult. She started one of her own. It's Mormon and the Meth Head. 2019. <laughs> what is that? What's 2000? That's when my cult starts. Oh, you're not. Ne- I mean, I felt like you had a meth cults when you were like the spiritual I guru. Did. Yeah, I guess. You were at everyone. It was a tribe. A tribe. A tribe. Uh, we don't like the word cult. I don't really like the word cult either. I kind of feel bad about that joke, but it's like hard to keep writing these intro things. I don't, I, I don't, I'll, I'll, the, the most I will say is I say that like the Mormon church is cult-ish. Like I'll, like I'll point out certain tendencies. I'm like, that's a cult-like tendency. Or that's a, that's a, that's a cult-like behavior. I don't think the Mormon church is a cult though. What it, what it decides what's, a, I'm sure there's a specific definition I but i feel like we just say religions we don't like are cults exactly exactly that's it like you any they're either all cults or they're not all cults do you right? kill your members i think is uh that's what for me too do you that, kidnap them yeah that's a big defining thing for me too that i'm like if you're if you're in suicide packs you're probably a cult yeah if you're uh, riding a comet off of the planet if, yeah if like cult. there's this one charismatic guy that's getting you all to murder innocent families uh then you're probably in a in a cult um the the mormon church has got a bunch of stuff that's wrong with it that's, that's unhealthy i just think they're they're in religion there are unhealthy things in any in any religion i just i feel like i don't i know that I don't think the Mormon church is a cult because I, I was in a cult and it was called the order of the arrow. That was a, that was the cult that I was in. What? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I thought that'd be funny, but the, the order of the arrow is a boy scout, um, group. It's a part, it's like a, it's a weird faction of the boy scouts of America. It's this extra thing. To get into it, you have to be invited by a like a current order of the Arrow member, and then you have to go through these tests. Maybe it's just a fraternity. I never, I, I never went to. Like I didn't Alistair go, Crowley type shit. Are you serious? What is the? <laughs> so, the fu- how did I ever hear about this? Um, I didn't because they keep it. I feel like I didn't even hear about it when I was Boy Scouts. But Robert Leftwich was uh, my my hero growing up. And he was in the Order of the Arrow, and I looked up to him, and I was like, I want to be like him. So I told him that, and then he like r- nominated me or whatever. And then you have to go to this thing that's that's called the Ordeal, and it's a weekend camp mm-hmm. out where you take like a vow of silence. And you're not allowed to talk all weekend, and you don't eat or drink. I feel like they give As you like a little- children. You're like teenagers. Yeah, it was. I was like 15, 14, 15, something like that, and. They make you do a whole bunch of arduous tasks and stuff like it's like service. Like we went and like and like chop down trees and, and whatnot. But there's all these ceremonies that you do out in the forest that are really weird. What? You know, it's, it's got all this like Native uh, American influence in it. It's just been totally appropriated uh, by white 15 year olds. So, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, there was you had like, you know, we were like all in silence and we like went like we had to walk through the darkness and we made our way through this field and there was like a fire in the middle of it and then there was guys waiting with like buffalo headdresses on and stuff and then we have you take the you have to like swear to secrecy about stuff like you're not supposed to tell anyone about the 
the the rituals or the 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 what are the, the symbols? Yeah. They have special symbols that they like pass with like, and you have to uh, when you there's like three levels to the order. It's like ordeal, vigil. It's then there's like the highest one. I don't know, but like I went to these ceremonies where I watched people pass up to the higher levels, and there's like certain rites and things that you say, and you put your hand on someone's shoulder. Some I don't totally remember it, but like I was immediately elected president of this cult. It was a really terrible gig. <laughs> I got. I went through that that weekend. You're so fucking charismatic. <laughs> they gave you the cult. No, it was not like that at all. It was like the responsibility no one wanted, so they put on the newest kid. So like as soon as I went through my ordeal, I came to like the the monthly chapter name. meeting, and uh, and I and I went to that meeting, and they were like, "All right, well, it's time to elect a new chapter chief. Who wants to do it?" And no one wants to do it. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do it either. And then like eventually they all <laughs> they all just turn and look at the new guy. And they're like, hey, man, you seem like you'd be good at doing all this shit we don't want to do. <laughs> it was so weird. I had to go to like regional meetings with this like adult supervisor thing and sit through these boring. I hated it. I just like my mom wanted me to do it so that I could go to college or something. Uh, the the secret society look good on your uh, yeah the the uh, chapter I chief. this other thing that you would be really impressed by but I'm not allowed to talk about it <laughs> it's a secret <laughs> it was an ordeal that's all I can tell that's you. all I can tell you anyway it was really weird and freaky thing for teenage boys to do and I can't believe it seemed very not Mormon uh weird that it was okay for you to go do oh, all are this you weird kidding? ritualistic are you shit kidding? that isn't directly connected by the but way Mormons I, Mormons love secret secret symbols and and rituals and stuff that when you go to the temple you take you have a, a vow to never tell anyone what yeah, you do in no, the temple. No, I get that you God would love that. Him. I would just think that they couldn't contradict. So, real quick, a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. All right, cool. Can we look up the definition of veneration? <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. I'm blind. Uh, a relatively small group. No, you group- said it. I just don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, me either. So we'll skip that one. <laughs> a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. So it's, it's completely perception. Like, if you're, yeah. if you're, if there's a lot of you, you're a religion, but if you're a small group, then you're a cult. Yeah. Mis- this- uh, yeah. Because then it's like synonym, sect, denomination, group, movement, church persuasion body faction so is uh it is uh when you say the word though it elicits feelings of something sinister like but now synonyms are church Uh i just i just think that it's not fair and almost dangerous to just call a religion you don't like or had a bad experience with a cult because just and i'm not saying to to ex-mormons out there that feel that like you're you're wrong to like you had bad experiences with it and uh there were a lot of things that were unhealthy and not good but that's religion for you i think if you get excommunicated from your family for leaving there's something wrong with that church i'm like sure, everyone should get call, to believe do you think it's a cult if they get yeah i mean if this is if, if we're gonna say that a cult is a is a uh church that is bad for you uh they're all could be bad or good but i think that if you are uh shaming or harming members for trying to leave. 
of their own free will or you are cutting them off from their family, which I know is well, this not is as common gonna, in Mormonism. Yeah, but that's where you're getting into gray area because there is a lot of pressure in Mormon. And there are like everyone, a lot of fans have asked me questions and stuff about my parents and my parents will never disown any of their kids. They're very staunch Mormons and there is not there's no way that like I could get my name removed and uh and and broadcast a video of me like jerking off onto garments or whatever. I don't think my parents would disown. Could I get okay. <laughs> we don't need I'm sorry to get all our fans excited again. This is the only the fan mail request uh, we'll that be I received. Right back. Ugh. Uh, but I just I there are a, but a ton of Mormon families that will absolutely uh, disown their kids if right. they don't believe. But does the, same the church thing. make them do that? That's what I'm saying. It's a gray area. There's okay. a lot of there's a lot of messages from church leadership that encourage that can be interpreted. To I mean, my parents clearly haven't interpreted them that way. But I feel like there's a lot of othering that happens in church rhetoric, where they talk about people that leave as these bad people mm -hmm. they warn you about them they they tell you to weep for them that, that it's so bad for them like they encourage you to like reach out like when people stop coming to church we call them less active members and we're trying to get them to come back to church activity like there's a lot of stuff that the church does do where you can if i'm being like generous i can see good things in it where i'm like you know, if you really believed that, you I could see how you'd want to help bring people back to the yeah. fold. Jesus talked about that, blah, blah, blah. But it gets uh, to be pretty bad. I, I think a, a, a lot of people that I am close with have had terrible ex, uh, experiences with their family when they said that they were done with this church. I mean, it's, uh, it can be really rough, but I think that there's a difference between uh what the between that that sort of social shunning especially like in utah too where like mormon your religion is tied to your everything. job right. to your career to your to everything like it can that that's bad but i think there's a difference between that and uh us a, a group that will take you away from your family and never let you see them again. Right. And, and not let you have any contact with your parents and not let you, uh, you know, see your kids again and stuff. Yeah. There's a huge chasm between those two things. Right. And that's why so I'm hesitant to say, yeah, that's why I say cultish. That. That's why I'm like, yeah, like I totally get like where you're coming from. I just am hesitant to throw that label around just because that church hurt me. Yeah. That makes sense. I was watching Wild Wild Country on Netflix. I tried to get into that and I didn't get... I know this is going to be surprising, but <laughs> I did not get past the first... But then people have told me what happened and I'm like, fuck, that sounds amazing, but that you should know, be two episodes long. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's Every episode has got an extra 20 minutes in there that could have been cut out. Yeah. I felt like it was just looping work. the same information over it, and over again. It really I did. I think netflix has got a lot of cool documentaries but it seems like they're encouraging them all to be series yeah so that they can be binged you know and it seems unnecessary to yeah. me like compare making a murderer which was 10 hour long episodes to hbo's the jinx which was like six 40 minute episodes yep the jinx is so much better it's so i just i don't know i want all my these documentaries to be short i'm like cut to the chase yeah when does Sheila grind up the beavers? That's what I want to know. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offers the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. I knew of the guy. What's it? You say it. The Baguan. The Baguan. You knew as him? Osho. Oh, from, was, I've read stuff when I was trying to kill my ego. The stuff that blew my mind open that was spiritual like awakening. When you were talking about uh, that, that when you were tr- we did an episode today where you were talking about killing your ego. Yeah, that w- you read Osho. It was an Osho thing, and like I didn't like read a book of his or anything. I was just I was doing a lot of googling about how to kill your ego, and I found this article that was like you don't kill your ego you uh this is what it sounds like this is what it feels like and this is how you live with it and kind of from the osho this is something that osho had written yeah it was some osho writing about uh it talks about it being bruised and it feeling bruised when 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 someone doesn't like it and that sensation of being you ever like just say something dumb and then for the rest of the night that just sits on you um, most nights of yeah, my life exactly. have been spent. So this is, uh, that's just the ego just like milling around that office. Just like, meh, meh, meh. And there was something about when I read that that way and it changed my perspective about, oh, I'm trying to kill something that needs to exist. It serves a purpose. The, the ego does serve a purpose. I am experiencing things through the ego. I get to feel things, which is what I came here to do. I have to stop trying to murder it and just learn to live with it. And that's kind of when I started to look at it as a, a dumbass roommate rather than you know you're not the boss you don't run shit at all but i will accept you and love you as a as a part of myself but it was an osho thing and so when i found out that that was because i have no idea about the world that i live in that was so interesting yeah uh that is that That he was a cult leader and it helped you yeah, but I think a lot well, of these... Uh, well, so let's see. I mean, I don't. I have a lot of opinions on the guy after watching the little documentary, and I don't think... I think anybody who takes a... It, what I want to say is there's good in every religion that you can find, there, and but there's right. also, there are also bad and unhealthy things. And I think that, like, from what it sounded like, the guy had some great ideas. And in the beginning, people flocked to him because he was... He was helping people, and the and the... The, I don't know, the believer in me wants to think that he wasn't just a con man, that he was a good dude that had good empathetic qualities that people responded to and he had wisdom to share. But when he started getting popular and you start like forming a, an organized religion around just some philosophical beliefs that should be just presented as like, take what you like, leave what you don't like, yep. take what's healthy for you. You, you start to see people get twisted. There's a scripture in uh, the Doctrine and Covenants that, oh, shoot, I can't remember, but it's about like when you give men just like the slightest bit of power, they start yes, to abuse it. Absolutely. They start to abuse it right away. And sometimes I like to wonder like, was was Joseph, Joseph Smith, Smith a good guy that I think just like took advantage of a bunch? Like he got he got power and is like, oh well, now I can do whatever I want. But uh, 
I think that like the that's what was they what were they called the Rajneesh the Rajneeshi yeah the Rajneeshi Rajneeshi like so the whole that whole that whole series was about they kept calling it a cult and I kept wondering why like I, I obviously. Listen, I got to the end of the series. I saw that they did a bunch of terrible things. I get that. I get it. But like in the beginning, I kept being like, it's so rude that all of America decided this was a cult because they like in the beginning episodes, they move into this town in Oregon. Right. And they take over and all these people are upset that they're moving out the the white old conservative farmers. And so they're they're a cult and they're like uh, uh, no religion should have power over a town like where there's supposed to be a separation of church and state and i was like really tell that to utah like yeah. how come how come when utah come like when or sorry when mormons came to utah and set up their own state like they get to be uh uh i mean again like we've i've acknowledged they people call them a cult but like they're more seen as a religion than the rajneeshi were right because it's like well, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a lot different when you when you're a group of white people, yeah. a white Christians that move to an area and displace indigenous brown people, versus you being a small group of foreign brown people coming yeah. and displacing white Christians. Exactly. Then you're a cult. That's the difference. Yeah, I got that from the first episode. Oh, you <laughs> got like, that part. Yeah, Good. I was like, well, there's a pretty obviously demographic here. Um. I have thought this before about Joseph Smith. What if he saw behind the curtain and got a little bit of truth? And I have thought this about every religion. Like maybe the, like none of this stuff is supposed to be a religion. I get the desire to want to start a town of people that subscribe to the same belief system. Because when I first woke up and I was trying to awaken a tribe of people, I didn't, I never wanted to be there. Like I, to this day when I, I'm, there is no guru. There's you and uh, your higher self. I can say a bunch of shit uh, and you can uh, take what it applies and leave what doesn't. I'm not starting a church. I'm not starting an organ. Like we are not turning this into a thing. It's you and that higher self. Otherwise it doesn't exist. But I think, yeah, I th I've thought that about Joseph Smith before. Like, what if he did, I'm not saying he saw a magic stone or whatever, but I like, what if he did see behind the curtain? What if he did find some truth and then rather than just give it away, he was like, well, I can. Maybe, maybe. I think, though, if he saw behind the curtain, he almost immediately started lying. So I, I find that hard to believe about someone that got a taste of truth that they like, I don't know why it's easy for me to believe about the Baguan. There's just, uh, my Western ideals that see, see this guy like as like, Oh, a wise foreigner. Oh, he, he's, he's meditated his whole life. He must've come up with stuff. I mean, I think like Joseph Smith is the thing. He, he had some, some ideas that I do like, but, um, I, he immediately presented them in, uh, a two-faced way like he uh, invented I think it's pretty clear that he made up that the Book of Mormon is not the story right, that, right, yeah. that he says I believe that they um, borrowed a lot from other th things that already existed at that time and, and made their own book their philosophies and stuff are cool the ones that they borrowed from like this other uh, religious uh, philosopher at that time are also cool uh, some of them but I think that 
if you are immediately presenting them like with this fantastic story of how God himself and Jesus Christ appeared to you and how an angel appeared to you and took you to a spot where you found this book and blah, 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 and all these different things. Like immediately he was, well, not immediately, it took him a little while, but he started giving himself power over time. Yeah. Like, oh, well, another angel appeared and he gave me this kind of priesthood. Oh, and more angels appeared and gave me this kind of priesthood, which is constantly elevating him and his prophet status and blah 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 yeah so i don't i think if he had some sort of glimpse of like uh of of higher knowledge he's a a a douchebag that immediately tried to use that for his own gain which then i feel like is hard to believe that someone that thinks like that had these thoughts i don't know this kind of goes back to the reptilian thing so um throughout i'm trying to remember how this went but uh if i remember correctly it was that the like the book of acts was a group of awake dudes who were able to like right after jesus that could do miracles because they were awake but even paul was a was a scumbag till he woke up you know i don't you don't like get to wake up because you earned it or whatever you know like through good things Mm -hmm. and then i used to be fascinated with the fox's book of martyrs i don't know it it's just the story of all the martyrs and how they were murdered christian martyrs Mm -hmm. and i was obsessed with this when i was a christian and i uh during during the alien time so i think i used to believe i don't know if this came from aliens or just something that i put together a theory of mine but that the people that took over the church after all of the people with supernatural powers died, that they uh, knew that it was real, changed it enough to control people, and killed everyone that knew what was what was true. And so took uh, took out and all do the you power. Think those people were reptiles. I do think they were. The, if if that is a thing, this I have to think about this more because I haven't thought about it in a long time. So when the whole time I was like waking up, there was uh, there was a lot that I was told in dream school or whatever and then there was a lot that i was just like putting together myself and a ton of that mm-hmm. was just bat shit uh i to this day i'm coming up with theories about what is what but i think it made a lot of sense to me that there someone knows that you're even if it's just human error uh the dudes making up the rules and saying god told me this do they know that in in the Mormon church, do they know that they are full of shit or are they self-deceiving? That's a question I have asked for God. I have asked myself that a bunch of times. Like, is this whole church just a tradition of dudes? Because I bet you they never say it out loud. I bet I, I guarantee there's no conspiracy between two men high up that they are that they are literally saying out loud. This is bullshit. I agree. I think that they just lie to themselves and just keep it going like you just never acknowledge it yeah just to keep that because that's just how most self-deception works yeah so most people just won't confront their uh problems because and they'll just keep pretending like everything's okay which is but not exclusive to religion when you become no it's not when you become a member of the quorum of the 12 apostles this governing body of of the restored church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you're supposed to have your calling and election made sure. That's a a thing that happens. You're supposed to have like a, what's it called? 
maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing things up. A second witness. I don't. You're basically supposed to get. You're supposed to know without a doubt that Christ is real. You're supposed to be a special an especial witness of Christ. Uh, I mean, like your testimony counts for more, which is basically like at least when you're growing up, the way they make you think is that like, okay, they've seen Jesus. Like, that's why I can believe elder Holland when he says all these things, because like he look how powerfully he believes it. Well, that's because he knows for certain that, you know, he's, he's seen Christ, right? Just like, just like Joseph, just like all these other people, just, you know, they've, they know these things. Um, but when I started getting serious doubts and then even further along when I finally left, I remember thinking, you know, are these guys so evil? Do they they do they work their way up to the top, find out that it's not true, and then just decide to stay there and use it to their own advantage? Did they know that it wasn't true a long time ago and have just evilly worked their way to the top when God, quote-unquote, God picks a new apostle? I mean, is it just these guys picking another wink wink cool dude who gets it do they really truly believe that they are speaking to christ yeah do they uh pretend that there's be and just never tell anyone else and they all just kind of keep their own secret and they all just enter into a shared delusion where they commune with uh this higher power that always says things that benefit them you know um or what I don't know. I just I feel like I don't I, mean, I, I don't guess, trust them. I yeah. feel I feel pretty bitter towards the people at the top of the church. I think that they are paid very well and live really great lives and institute policies that they like and they don't really emulate the aspects of Christ that I wish that they would. Yeah, I think uh, there's a possibility that these people just don't, people, they're all men, right? Uh, don't know how to separate their uh, own thoughts and prejudices from, it's the saying that this is God's will, like that this is what God told me, and putting rules into place for other people's lives and saying it's the, the, that's what God told you. Not that I don't believe that you can't communicate with a higher something, it's just... You have to know that that's bullshit, right? Yeah, there was this probably. There was this movie. There was this moment. Early thousands, Mormons started making movies for other Mormons, and they had this little, you know, tiny boom of Mormon cinema. And there was this uh, one movie, Richard Dutcher's that that dude's name. And he made a movie about missionaries called God's Army. And there was a part that I don't remember anything else from this movie, but I remember this part. There was one missionary who um, fell into the trap of reading anti-Mormon literature. Mm, and not that they, trap. Yeah, that trap where you start reading stuff. And like the this guy wakes up in the middle of the night, goes to the fridge in the in this dark missionary apartment, and this dude is like there. He's been up all night. He hasn't slept. He's just reading this anti-Mormon stuff, and he's crying. And he says, damn them, like talking about those prophets and a, that quorum of the 12 apostles. He says, damn them if it's not true. Damn them if it's not true. And that's stuck wow. with me. The guy who made that, that R Richard Dutcher, the guy who made the movie, mm -hmm. uh, left the church. He, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh. I think, uh, yeah. So I, 
I think that was like an honest portrayal of like real feelings that that guy probably had. I think that it still served a purpose for me as a kid of learning, like don't read anti-Mormon literature, but, uh, I, it does seem like, I don't know, but I agree. I agree. If they, if it's not true, then damn them. Yeah. That's, I mean, are they, or are, I, so in Christianity, there was there, like we believed it to be true. And I looked at the people, because it's like prosperity church. So these pastors are raking in the money. But then you had like my ex-husband's dad was a pastor on staff. He was not raking in the money. He absolutely lived his life. Like he was a heroin addict and stuff. And then he got saved. And then he just was this uh, well-known uh, street preacher and I loved him because he was just he would kneel down in uh, the urine of a homeless man to pray for him genuinely genuinely fucking loved people like genuinely cared about people truly believed just didn't didn't get caught up in the bullshit just the most compassionate man it was 100% true for him and he lived it like it was true and uh, humble and then, but there were other, and there were, there were several other pastors on staff that I would, I would say that about. And then you look at the, uh, the kind of the ones that were making a lot more money, the kind of ones running the church. And I still, uh, you know, I'm still like uh, social media friends with that family and what, but I like wonder, do you know though? Cause it feels like, you know, that it's not true or that you are the things you are teaching people about prosperity are benefiting you. I don't think it is straight up nefarious. Was it our podcast where I talked about Benny Hinn being trained in? No. Well, that, I think that was with Keith uh, Carey. Yeah. On with a, the on Keith Carey thing on episode. a Patreon episode. Just talked about uh, the guy, the, the faith healer guy being trained in hypnosis. Yeah. So I just, I just don't know if it's super self-deceptive to, or, it is right like it, it i i but you talk all the time about you know perception is reality and stuff yeah i think that they just i think that they believe that it's true i i don't think there's anyone in the mormon church that believes that the mormon church isn't true but when you're making up rules that affect other people's lives about uh this is what god said or you're teaching people things that do benefit you, is that because you are not self-aware enough to realize, do you ever get in an argument with someone and they start generating, everyone does this, they start generating reasons for why they want you to do this thing or why uh, they did something or, and they, the reasons change. The reasons change in the course of the argument because yeah. they are trying to find one that, that you'll go with. Yeah. yeah. But they believe that shit while they're saying it. You know, mm. for the most part, people don't know when you're why. not self-aware. Right. Um, I think the cynic in me thinks that there's got to be people in the higher up of the Mormon church that don't believe it anymore. I think that they're. They're like, I'm already in it. And I'm going to get how much money do they make? Um, I can't remember. Mormon leaks had something a year or two ago about uh, a general authority's monthly stipend, and it was um a lot. I can't. I, I'm so bad with numbers and hundreds stuff. of thousands. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's enough sure. to keep I'm not you. Sure. It was, but like it was just like the tip of an iceberg too. It was just like this is all we know that they got this one month. We also know that they they have a house 
you know, they've got an apartment, they've this, they've this, you know, they, I think that they are very well taken care of. I would think the lack of transparency is cultish. Yes. That's a big thing. The fact that, that we have to have like people leak stuff about our financial records and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just that we just brag about our lay clergy and about how it's just like how Christ wanted. Like, no, we're not, uh, getting paid like other ministers. And it's just like, yeah, all the people at the bottom are working for free. While all the people at the, like, while a few people at the top sit and rake in money. That's so crazy. So everything in the church, like the church at the lower community levels yeah. is all volunteer. Free. Oh, and they, they don't even you, hire janitors to do this labor and also brag about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like, we have to go clean the church, um, and take care of it, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think that's, uh, all, I think that's not a bad practice to have your own members do service like it, it makes you feel part of it it makes you feel proud of it i think it's a way to save money i think that's good but when your church has billions and billions of dollars yeah in real estate and stocks and bonds and has is paying their prophets and apostles huge salaries and then just like doesn't want to hire a janitor then i have to come in on sunday to show my god that i love yeah. him by cleaning when you could employ a employ yeah. a member i think um when i th- i think when money gets involved i i'm far more suspicious what do you know about scientology i watched i watched going clear i think i, I did tuned too. it out i think it was also too long or too... i watched it with tabitha and it was pretty important for us as we because we saw lots of similarities similarities there's lots of parallels between I, that religion and ours i watched the shit out of the leah remini thing because i you know i'm in does she I, have a show she did a show about <laughs> you're just like kevin can you, you watch the shit out of kevin can wait is that <laughs> is that what you want? what was her show called she had a show about uh science hall i was fast because i when I was going to the awakening, there were a couple things that I heard about Scientology back when everything was super lock and key. And I was just, everything, all of the knowledge about it was hidden. Yeah, there's a billboard in Salt Lake City right now that just says, uh, it's like says Church of Scientology. Interested? We thought so. That's so weird especially in utah and cocky like yeah. i just the, they're just kind of leaning into this secretive cults thing they're like yeah. oh yeah got your interest peaked yeah we thought so also it's not you've been uh completely told on we know everything now yeah so do you think that they're a cult i would call them a cult. absolutely absolutely yeah. uh an awful cult so um here's what i remember from the leah from the leah remini thing Number one, when you leave that church, they do all this weird stalker shit to you to like freak you yep. out, follow you around. They surveil you. They cut you off from kids, cut you children, off from your parents, family. anybody. Yeah. And um, there are tons of stories about people being kidnapped and held in their properties and not allowed to leave. Yeah. And not allowed to. And having to like jump fences and swim through moats and shit to get out. Of their pro- like absolutely that's a cult yeah and they bleed you dry financially bleed you dry and there is a I did the when I did the tinfoil hat podcast uh, he was talk I was talking about clearing your emotional trauma to like if life is a video game it's about clearing your programming to get to like you get more powers and like that would be the premise of the video game I guess and he was like oh that's Scientology and I'm like yeah. 
Scientology has the <laughs> tiniest shred of truth and then that is dangled in front of you like a carrot to take all your money and to control you. I I, I feel bad after I'm just like defending my own religion. I'm like, listen, it's not a cult and I'm going to throw it out at another uh, group. But uh, yeah, they freak me out, man. And the stories, like I've read a bunch of different articles about people that are that go missing that they never see that guy's wife again yeah and leah is like where is she where is she where is she and just the house focus they are on money and celebrity yeah and like how they've got their celebrities like the the scary stories about uh tom cruise and katie holmes getting uh like their match made together yeah. and stuff like that that all kind of that's all kind of freaky uh i don't i don't particularly the uh, the the show was so sad the Leah Remini show and I only remember bits and pieces but I remember how sad it was the the mothers who never get to see their sons again and yeah. the people who love and miss their families and aren't allowed to talk anything so where think, you ex you you force people to to do anything yeah you're a cult you're fucked up I think and so I think that they're that's why I think that like there's all this gray area with Mormons because there's definitely a bunch of separation and problems with separation of families but it's not like what th those instances of uh, uh, that Leah Remini in Scientology are talking about because um yeah there's no like Mor Mormon bishop no missionaries come to kidnap you right uh it's cool of a, a cool of a movie or that would be following you around and recording everything that you do yeah, suing you, taking you so to... fucking psycho. Yeah. And then that dude like punches people in the face. The yeah. and he and his name is like a villain from a yeah, cartoon from what a Bond film. Name? I don't know, but uh, you're right. He's got a very villainous name. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's. I just I was so freaked out when we were the first time we went to Hollywood. Me and Tabitha, she wanted to like you know they're like out on the street, you know. Yeah. And they're like, come in and take this test. And uh, she wanted to go in and try it, and I was she like, likes personality I was like, tests. <laughs> uh, but I was like, absolutely not! Don't go in there. That's how they get you. Don't walk in there. You may never walk out. And it kind of sounds like a silly thing to say, but I'm just I'm always like I feel the same way about ghosts and stuff. Yeah, where I'm like, okay, sure, tough guy, you're probably right, but why would I touch the Ouija board? Like it, like yeah. why would I risk going inside? there to take their little test it's not worth it it's not worth it to me. i'm not that curious but that's another one dianetics i think uh i skimmed when i was uh on meth and i think there are some truths in there so was this guy a fucking wing nut i think yes after watching uh going clear he was the whole boat thing the whole the uh, boat i'm thing just now remembering funny. it the weird the Mormons are talking about a boat right now. Really? Yeah, they're talking about a floating temple. It was an idea that they had around in the 70s. It was like, so for like our island members, so they don't have to travel to go to the temple, we'll bring the temple to them. And they want to, and like everyone's like, this is a great idea. And I'm like, that's uh, L. Ron Hubbard's idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just remembering this from the Leah Remini show because they it's a special sect of Scientology, the people who were. Who spent their life on that boat? They were like the Order of the Arrow, but like they had, they were yes. like special sailors, like sailors Fuck. of his, of his something name. Like there was a special name for it. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of it right now. I can't believe how much of it I do remember. And it was just like a lot of teenage girls that got accepted into the secret sect and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but they're like automatically higher up if they went out and did this boat thing. 
Anyway, I yeah, in the order of the arrow, they give you a special sash that you get to wear. It's I white think with a red arrow. something. So this idea of like transcending your trauma or whatever, which I think was kind of what Dianetics was getting to, is like, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, why do I have to come in and be interviewed by one of your people and be hooked up to this fucking machine and oh, have to yeah. and then pay a bunch of money? In it's like pay. you're taking this tiny sliver of truth and you were holding it like a carrot and the the pneumatic soul, the hyaletics don't give a shit. The pneumatic souls know better, but those psychic disciplinarians are like, I feel that there's truth and I, I am not graduated enough yet to realize that I don't need you to get to that truth. So this rings true somehow for me. And so I'm going to go for this. And then they just get controlled by what has to be reptilians, right? Like I don't, <laughs> well, Nat, I see no other possibility, <laughs> but an alien species of reptiles. Uh, but I also remembered that they would take, they had recordings of all your Dianetic sessions. That they would you hold talk, against you. Yeah, where you talk about all your deep, dark secrets and all your trauma and stuff. And then when you were out of line, they could hold that over you. Like, we have a recording of you talking about your desires to uh, molest people, you know, when they were trying to work through their own sexual trauma or something. What and, um, is this common thread through religions where. They want you to confess your sins to another person, which yeah. I don't think helps. I don't think it frees you from shame. I think it probably encourages shame in some ways. I always liked the Catholic representation in film, never having been to confession myself, but I always watched it and always seemed like, that seems really easy. The anonymous thing. They just go in there and they say this and there's a guy that's always like, my son, my <laughs> child. Uh, what well, you know, the the guy always seems really nice, the but in practice in Mormonism, when I had to go into my bishop's office as a kid and confess things that I had done, it was never very fun. No. It, it always fucked me up. I didn't like it. I think it, it will. Every time you talk about having to go tell your bishop that you jerked off or whatever, it just seems like so much more shame and guilt. To process, a ton, man. having to tell someone. A bishop this told stuff. me that I couldn't have the sacrament for six months because I I wouldn't stop jerking off, <laughs> and uh, I love how every other ex Mormon we go hang out with though they're like, yeah, I did. I just lied. <laughs> no, why didn't I think of it? What a genius move! It's some some of the things that I do find cult like, cultish that I've thought about since then. Um, primary, when you're a little kid, you go to primary and, uh, me and Tabitha were primary teachers for a little while and we just hated it. We were like, it's just so weird to watch all this stuff get like taught to kids. Cause again, it's a gray area. That was a big shelf there's, thing for you, right? Yeah. There's stuff that is, I, I can see why you teach kids stuff, but you can't lie. That's, it seems kind of like indoctrination to have kids uh, learn catchy songs, catchy tunes that teach them doctrine. You know, that's indoctrination. Right. I think maybe brainwashing is a is too strong of a word, but it's definitely indoctrinating at a young age. So I think that that's kind of iffy. There's just so much also rhetoric in the church about not leaving. Yeah. Well, because it's your, your free will. 
So if, if you choose to be a part of a religion of your own free will because you enjoy it, I think that's a religion, okay? It doesn't matter whether or not you or I believe it's true. I think the people who are experiencing it, it's true for them. If your religion teaches that you should be punished for leaving, there's something wrong with your religion. You remember the first time we went to that, we went to that grocery store that first night? Uh, oh, my God. And I was cracking you up because so, I was telling you about a conference talk. So every six months, I probably said this before, but every six months, Mormons have a general conference. It's where the prophet gets up and speaks if he doesn't have dementia. And <laughs> uh, uh, they, uh, the apostles get up and they and they talk as well. And they're... I hate it. I've, 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 I liked it when I was a missionary, but like after that, like conferences immediately got weird. There's a weird commercialization to it. And you and I always talk about the other Mormons though. Say what? Doesn't seem like it would be a fun weekend get together with all the other Mormons. No, it's not. It's not that at all. That's, uh, there's no partying or anything. It's just, yeah, it's just dumb. It's just, I feel like more time that you, they just need you to listen to them for more time so that you dedicate more of your brain space to them. And they just give like the same speeches over and over and over again. And all the, and we all just act like, Oh wow. Wasn't that a great inspired session? I really got a lot of messages and it's not like I don't believe you can't get messages from anywhere or anything, right. but it's just like, you guys notice they just, they've got 12 talks. They just give the same. It's not, it's, you, I always wanted like God to like I wanted the the prophet to have a new uh, revelation. revelation. Yeah, but the the revelations that they do have are always really underwhelming. Like there there was a big announcement one time about we're going to lower the missionary age, right? And that was God wants God has changed. Now you don't have to be nineteen; you can be eighteen and go on a mission. And it was like wow. Wow, God's great. And I was like, well, it kind of seems like God is scared of that year that kids go to college. And then, you know, it just seemed like uh, like the cynical version of me is like, well, that's just an effort to get more people on missions. That's all that that is. Yeah. But there's there there are a couple of talks that come to mind as really unhealthy and one of them was one that I talked to you about that oh, night. That was so funny. Because you were asked, because the, the last time we had met, I was very Mormon. And right. this time I wasn't. And you were like, well, so we were just kind of talking about that. And I I was saying that there's a mass exodus happening, that we all, all of us millennials have left the church. And you said, why? And I was like, I don't know. We have the internet, I think. <laughs> that's it. That's about it. We have the internet. We can Google things and go, oh, well, that's not true. And the church's response to it is just like, hey. The internet's bad, you guys. <laughs> like we all coming up with all these. It's just so I don't know if they are if they are so dumb or tone deaf that they 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 can't hear the people who are having these legitimate complaints, or if they just don't give a shit. Yeah, they just like just leave then because people come like people like me wanted to stay, but they have we have questions. We're like, what do you? How do you explain this? What what about this problem? What about this historical inaccuracy? What about the fact that we know that Joseph Smith lied about that funeral papyri that he found? Like that that's that that's that that's not you know. And their response is, well, you know, we've heard, we've heard you. We're you guys are are learning a lot of things on the internet, and uh, you've got questions. And the answer is, stop using the internet. <laughs> this. I don't know if you guys have been able to connect the dots here, but it, y'all were fine before you opened up your Google search. So maybe 
Stop that. Have you thought about that, millennials? And so we just get a talk about, you know, there was a talk that said, that said, doubt your doubts. This was, this was advice. This was advice to people who were, ha- they're like, hey, here's the, you know those doubts that creep up? We all have. The, the talk seems kind of nice. And it's from yeah. one of our favorite yeah. apostles, like the cool apostle yeah. who's like really liberal and stuff. His name's Dieter. Dieter F. Uchtdorf. He's a tight. <laughs> he's so tight. He's cool. And he's like, uh, he's like, hey, listen, we all have doubts. And you're like, oh, we do? What? And he's like, and that's just natural. Of course. Things happen. You have doubts. You have some questions. And I'm like, really? I can't believe he's saying this. And he's like, but here's the thing. Have you ever tried doubting your doubts? <laughs> Maybe stop doubting us <laughs> and start doubting those doubts. Hmm? <laughs> Check and mate. <laughs> that problem solved. And you're like, what? <laughs> but since I left, there was another one. I didn't I didn't like listen to this one. This was one that everyone talked about that was called Where Will You Go? It was like the name of the talk where where um he talks about like the Peter I think uh, someone in the in the Bible I used to be such a scriptorian and I don't remember but but uh Christ asked them like will you two leave me like peeks at some of his followers yeah. disciples left yeah. and he's like turns to his twelve and he says uh, will you also walk away from me and Peter says to whom shall we would we go like to whom would we go to where you have truth. Your eternal life. We're not going anywhere. And then he, this this Mormon apostle that takes that story and talks about people who are thinking of leaving the church, and like an abusive husband. Like again, I feel like they are so tone deaf. They have no idea what they sound like, or they just plain do not give a shit. But like an abusive husband, he said, "You want to leave, silly child? Where would you go?" And that's the question he asked this rhetorical question throughout the talk. Where will you go to find truth? Where will you go to find people that love you? Where will you go to get a testimony of Christ? Were they just constantly building himself up as the only source for all of these things? Is me? Is us? Is this yeah. church? Is this building? But that shit got into your head. Like that you weren't around for that talk, but that shit got into your head where you were like, I thought without belief, like I thought without belief in a God, I thought if I did these things, like I was going to end up in this place. Yeah. Place because the the people teaching you what it's like on the other side are people who have never been to the other side. Exactly, exactly, and that's why, that's why I feel like it took me years to get out. It took me years because I I was so scared because right. of all the rhetoric that I had heard all my life that made it seem very scary. So that is something that I think is is cult ish. But at the end, of the, when it was time for me to leave, when I finally left, uh, nobody stopped. showed up at my house to stop <laughs> me. And no one said like, uh, well, you're never going to see your son again. So uh, <laughs> have fun with all your doubts. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mormons are just pussies, though. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, uh, they're, they're not street. Like <laughs> At the end of the day, we're just too nice. We could be a cult, but <laughs> we just don't have that edge. <laughs> Here, have some brownies. <laughs> All right, we have a Patreon. <laughs> Smooth transition, Jess. I'm going to piss myself. Well, it's your bed, so go for it. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon.com <laughs> slash Mormon in the meth head. And all our subreddit, Facebook group, Facebook page. 
You can find us on Twitter. She's already peen. She's she took off her headphones and just left. Ugh. The Mormon is forced to carry this show once again. She's laughing in the bathroom. I don't know if you can hear it, but she is. Don't worry. We're cool. But oh, now that it's just you and me. <laughs> finally love to get to hear what you have to say. Just get to know you guys a little bit. Well, maybe next time on Mormon and the Method. <laughs> Did you have to flush in the middle of the outro? Come on. If you put a Mormon and a Method together this is what they sound like Aaron would all and just so read our friends listen to them talking to Mike Want to know how to keep your skin looking smooth and wrinkle-free? Join over 3 million people worldwide and try Dermawand Pro. 97% of users saw dramatic improvement with this anti-aging device. A gentle microcurrent stimulates the skin's layers, providing vital nutrients and enriched oxygen. Clinically proven to reduce the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and improve skin texture in minutes a day. Stop wasting time with expensive products. Go to Dermawand.com now and use promo code SKIN20 for 20% off free gifts and shipping. Dermawand.com, promo code SKIN20.